This is how we should then live. Matthew 26 36 46, Mark 14 32 42, Luke 22 40 46. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time in prayer. My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. The Garden of Gethsemane where this prayer was offered up to the Father by the Son, define no greater love of God, or portrait of the Saviour's devotion to the One who sent Him and has declared that He accomplished every word the Father gave Him to say and do. Gethsemane though the physical garden and its grove of olive trees were hundreds of years old was one that was spiritually one that was created before the foundation of the world. We often quickly dismiss the physical site, as something only relevant to Christ being found there praying and afterwards being arrested. Yet, it is more to us physically than we can realize. Christ, follow the will of His Father, and knowing the events that would transpire in the conclusion of His prayers would continue His earthly, physical walk leading to the cross. The weight of more than the world, time even predestination what mortal man could have withstood such weights and not be crushed many times over. It was this crucifying time in the life of Christ we see little while seeing deeper into the mystery of Christ. Here, there could not have been a physical place so representative of Him than any other. Not the cradle, the river, the desert, the temptations the words the miracles on and on it continued. Yet, none of these were fuller representing His mission, possibly why Christ chose this place as a place of prayer. Everything in this garden held a sense of prayer, the trees holding the precious commodity, the air holding the ripening smell of olives, the ground holding the life of the trees and the roots, then the very olives themselves waiting with their anticipation of being squeezed to death, to the last measure of the. Our own Gethsemane began when we ourselves took upon the name of Christ. We must stay here for a little while, pondering, the heaviness of the air thickly laden with the scent of ripening olives, the smell of the olives as they were being squeezed for their purpose for being there. We as Christians are squeezed while we are here on this side dwelling in our own gardens of our own Gethsemanes. May we truly live as the scent of oil, His oil, the Holy Spirit exudes from us daily, hour by hour moment by moment and trial by trial till all these days are through and we enter into His glory. Prayer to be true prayer must at some point come to the point of this aspect, be squeezed, being pressed and spiritually stripped of the world to reveal the true essence of our hearts. Prayer is our lives and a vice applying pressure till we see the truth of prayer is selflessness and a crucifying our wants exchanging them for the desires of God our Father. Gethsemane was older and existed long before Christ the Savior physically would enter there to make it possibly, his favorite place of prayer. Gethsemane was probably this because of the symbolism for which his life represented. He was given over to be crushed, to be overwhelmed with the taking on the sins of the world. He was crushed beyond recognition. His facial features were so marred as not to be recognized, his back so torn with the cat of nine tails. A short-handled whip adorned with nine thick leather pieces about 12 to 18 inches in length. Each leather tail was studded with pieces of glass and sharp fragments of bone. With that he was scourged 40 times minus one. So there might have been as many as 18 pieces of studded material, to literally rip and shred the flesh of its victims. So there was approximately 468 to 700 wounds inflicted on the backside of Christ. 
The whipping was not done in a caring fashion but one to demonstrate to the crowds, this could be you. Blood ran down the sides of the victim's rib cage and dripped down onto the ground. As the ripping of flesh continued not just blood would fly, but small pieces of flesh landing on the one inflicting the scourging or on the crowd which was witnessing the act. Many died through the process yet they were still crucified for death was the result, the actions was to make a powerful statement to everyone, this is what awaits you, if you rise up against the state. The oil ran down into the containers used to catch the oil, yet no bucket was used as he was crushed for us, as he was wounded for our transgressions and he poured out his life as a ransom for meaning. His precious life's blood was collected by the Father to be poured out on the altar in heaven. There is a congressman, I believe from Alabama. I've forgotten where from who said there would be no war and he offered to wipe up all the blood that would be shed with a pocket handkerchief that was his prediction. I have always said, someone could get a PhD by calculating how many pocket handkerchiefs it would take to wipe all the blood that was shed, it would be a lot of handkerchiefs. Burns, Civil War Video Library 1. I wonder, if God used his holy angels in collecting his son's precious blood just how many angels did the father use in collecting the blood of his son as it ran down his side in the flogging with the cat of nine tails by the thorns that crushed his head as they plated him in mockery of a crown, how much blood he lost walking to Golgotha that long way. How many angels were sent? For every drop of the son's blood was precious in the eyes of his heavenly father. Only heaven knows. What did the angels think? How did they react knowing their creator, their ruler, the very Son of God was being taken, scourged and crushed for all mankind even for those who were now inflicting such graphic tearing of the flesh on his back. What restraint forced them to not react? How could their thinking processes not forge the war to end such agony on the part of their Lord? What was going through each struggle, as they watched Jesus go away and pray each time? Knowing that he was going to go to the greatest unknown they had ever known. How much did they know of this part of the creation story of bringing forth the glory of the Son? How much was in the revelation God the Father gave them, from the day the morning stars sang together until this day, this hour which was to befall that their Maker the mighty Prince of Heaven was going to be taken and handed over into the hands of wicked men to be crucified. They had to sit by and just watch by orders of the Father to do absolutely nothing. No rescue, no stopping any part of the hell He was to endure, not for them but for whom those hands He the mighty Maker was handed into to be put to death. He was dying for them who were at this time nailing His hands to the cruel cross of His love. The Garden of Gethsemane had to have its own flavor, its own otherworldliness. Not just because the Lord had made this prayer stopping point one of His most frequented places. Here in this spot of olive trees laden abundantly with growing fruit. Thus the olives would give off a fragrance as they ripened for the purpose of why they were there. Hundreds of olive trees filled this garden only adding more of the character that would make it, its own unique place on earth. To walk in Gethsemane when Christ was in the flesh, would have been a place where the air was filled with the smell of ripening olives and the crushing of those olives. The olive grove, must have made a deep impact on the understanding of prayer to the disciples. For Christ, this was one of or the favorite place for Christ to meditate, teach and above all pray. The air, the trees and the olive press itself was a very spiritual lesson and must have had a powerful impact on them. When we read the word we can smell the oil in the olive. When we study it we see the oil being crushed out of the olive. When we live it we see it poured out in life. When we share it we give them the overflow of oil press that we are in because giving the gospel of Christ is passing to others the oil of everlasting life. When we pray in the name of the Father, through Christ we became the olive being crushed continually so the world will see once again. The Garden of Gethsemane and the one who stood there alone, the one who agonized there alone was bruised was crushed and was cast off for our salvation. Our lives are to be nothing less than the same.
It is remarkable how God planned the glory of His Son to be revealed how it began in the garden of God to the earthly garden where man's sin began and it ended in the last garden called Gethsemane, the olive press. The chapter before we get into John 17, is as important to set up the scenery as did the place Jesus had set out to go to and pray. Prayer was not unusual to Christ, His disciples even remarked about it. He had His special places to pray and if Gethsemane was not the most favorite, it was a close second. In 1632 Jesus said, I have told these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. What greater introduction to the following chapter, take this to heart. This is how I have overcome the world. When we see that Jesus says take this to heart, put it in your innermost being, fill it in your mind your soul your spirit. Meditate on it till you, take all of your heart in producing. Take all your heart in following it. Take all your heart in loving it. That is, it moves, motivates, takes charge and controls every process in your life, I have overcome the world so you through belief in me may overcome the world. The whole book of John up to the 17th chapter could be said the introduction to this prayer. Even back into the synoptic gospels to the beginning and truly before into heaven itself is the whole introductory to this one paragraph. How do we enter the most holy place? How do we come to this prayer breathed by the Son of God where we see His heart as the olive press here Gethsemane of the ages has arrived in the Gethsemane of the Son of Man? How do we as Christians thus arrive to our own Gethsemane? How do we come to see this chapter as our own to finally arrive where the oil is fresh on hearts alive fully flowing? One direct, of Shelby Foote, making a comment about the civil war and the amount of blood that was shed. Taken from the miniseries first published on PBS titled The Civil War Episode 1, The Cause. Time frame 120 and 44 seconds to 121 and 34 seconds.